0: Wow, as entrepreneurs, we want to make a difference. One of the best ways we can make a big difference is getting our message out. I gotta tell you, I got a really remarkable entrepreneur that I want to introduce you to, uh, Jessica Rhodes. Jessica is one of those individuals who's making a huge difference very early in her career. She's a fellow entrepreneur, she is helping many of us who don't know how to get that message out effectively to give us a new tool and a couple different ways to do it that you are gonna be really excited about. Uh, I've been using her services because she's CEO and founder of what's called Interview Connections. It's, It's all about podcasts and she's helping you get in front of or behind the podcast and really make a difference. You are with Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success. I'm John Bowen. We're here to make sure we make a huge impact together. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar. Beyond your dreams, AESNation.com. Jessica. Thank you for joining me today here. I'm really excited about this.
1: John, thank you so much for having me.
0: Now, Jessica, I first heard you, and your voice was a little clearer back then, so we'll go why. Yeah, into I'm so why. sorry. <laughs> we'll go why in a second here. But, oh <coughs> excuse me, uh, Paul Culligan
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, has the, I think it's a podcast report, Good friend. We're in uh, one of the masterminds together. Joe Polish's Genius Network. And I I love listening because I have been doing podcasts. I've probably done now about 250 of them. And I just have found them extremely effective. We're going to talk about why I do them as well as why you help so many. You do them and so many other entrepreneurs. But you've just written a, a, a really good book to help people. We're going to get to that. But one of the problems of writing a good book and being a talented entrepreneur is You lose your voice. How'd that happen?
1: Yeah, I have been on a lot of interviews. So one thing about launching a book is you want to do what's called a virtual book tour, especially if you're a self-published author. You might not be going to Barnes and Noble to do a book tour, so you do a virtual book tour where you go on a lot of different podcasts all around the time of your launch. So I've probably been on 20 shows over the last two weeks, and also doing a lot of calls with prospective clients and. My voice is just about giving out on me, but I'm pushing through.
0: <laughs> well, no, I appreciate it. And, you know, I can tell you, having written a book uh, back in 19, I think it was 94, and we ended up selling 100,000 copies. It was to the personal finance market. It was just a huge success for me. I didn't realize, uh, uh, but I, I had a great PR firm. But I went around to all those Barnes and Nobles.
1: Yeah, tell you you should be really
0: happy you don't do that because <laughs> there's nothing worse than night after night and afternoons going and seeing thirty to sixty people. I mean, it was fun in the beginning, but mm-hmm. everywhere from uh, you know corner of Florida small town to Alaska and in between, so it was it was a great experience. <laughs> But what what yeah. I love about today is the power of uh, digital. And you know what you've done such a good job,, uh, Jessica, of really making a difference and helping me. I mean, I, that's one of the things I like to do is to really bring resources that helped uh, our businesses and share it with our our accelerating entrepreneurial success, uh, kind of virtual mastermind group that we have here. Jessica, give me a little bit of the kind of the path because I'm I'm guessing you didn't you know at uh, the age of five say I'm going to be a <laughs> you know, a podcast guru because even though you're young I don't think they had podcasts that.
1: No, definitely not. You know it's funny because when I look back in hindsight I as a kid wanted a job where I could talk for a living. So I, it kind of worked out that way, but the way in which that came about, um, was a little bit different. So I, my story kind of starts with, I wanted to be a stay at home mom when I was pregnant with my first child. And my dad, um, is a business coach. He's an entrepreneur with several online businesses. When he heard that I wanted to be a stay at home mom, he totally supported that decision. Uh, also knew that I needed an income of some sort. so he advised me to start a virtual assistant business. He became my first client um, but there was a stipulation I had to really follow his advice. I had to read his books. He's written several books as well on business I had to he's been doing weekly videos for about five years and part of the deal was I'd watch every single video that he's ever done which you can get amazing business education by watching the free content that's out there. So I learned a ton about business and marketing with the goal to have a home-based business. And one of the tasks that my dad had me doing was booking him for podcast interviews. And out of the many things that I was doing as a virtual assistant, booking podcast interviews was the thing that I enjoyed most and that had the biggest demand. So I really ran with that idea. I niched down. I created a business called Interview Connections. And over the past four years, we've grown from me working one-on-one with two or three clients um, to we book over 400 interviews a month today. I have a team of 10 guest bookers and a full-time employee who helps me oversee everything. So it's grown dramatically and I've just, I've kept it niched to podcasts. And um, yeah, I just came out with a book about it all because I've been podcasting about it. I've been blogging and doing videos. So I kind of just taken all the content into a book.
0: And I'm assuming your studio is in your home too. So you're still a stay-at-home mom. Is that true? So or that no?
1: actually has changed. A oh. year ago, a year and a half ago, when my daughter was born, my second child was born. um uh, My husband got a job from home, and so I moved outside the house. So I actually lease an office space about four miles from my house.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, this is you know, This yeah. is one of the these are the big challenges in life here, and and. What what I loved when I was listening to you, because I had started doing podcasts uh, when uh, I was listening to Paul Colgan's report. Actually, Paul had helped me kind of set it up and some of the other people. I listened to all the gurus out there that are doing it that you know very well, Jessica. And what I what I found was I really wanted to just I, I wanted to use it part of my marketing mix. And I love having conversations like this. You know, where you and I, in essence, having a cup of coffee, we can kind of share, but have 10,000 people listen to us too, and you know, our friends. And that's just it's an amazing power, but it's part of that mix. And I had always done it myself, I, I, I like the interview part, and, and we'll come back to that in a bit. But what you, when I was listening to you, you were talking about just getting on podcast shows and you know, because of the power of celebrity. And this is. Yeah. I always think of it. I, I like uh, even though I worked in sports and ten, uh, entertainment, we had six of the highest profile clients. I do know the power of celebrity. Uh, I'll put it ism. I don't think that's a word, but I mean, and, and we've managed their financial uh, side. So I can tell you the return is huge when you position yourself well. But, you know, the what I, I this was such a new area, I didn't know how much it would fit into the mix. And I, I've kind of been blown away. But why don't you. Talk about what you're seeing in the power of celebrity uh, with the you know 400 uh, bookings a month. I mean, that's huge.
1: Yeah, I mean, the power of celebrity is so, so key because people wanna be connected with celebrities. I mean, there's this really, I mean, our country has a really interesting culture around celebrities. We idolize them. We want to be connected to them. Um, We feel like they're going to raise our status. Um, But you can engineer celebrity pretty simply by putting yourself out there on podcasts, by being the go-to expert on a topic. And it all ties back to content marketing. So people say, well, how do I, you know, build that celebrity status? How do I get booked as the celebrity expert? It starts with creating your own content, you know, so blogging, creating your own podcast, doing videos, and constantly putting out value to your community, other podcasters and hosts of shows are going to see that and say, "Well, wow, that is the person who I need to talk to. So it's really powerful people you know you could also charge so much more for your services when you are that go-to celebrity there's just this expectation people assume that when you charge more you're better and when you are a celebrity people assume that well she's obviously going to be more expensive because she is that celebrity it's just like how the mind works i don't know if it's psychology i'm not a psychologist but it's uh it's interesting how people perceive value um and again when you kind of engineer a celebrity status you can really grow your business a lot faster.
0: Well, one of the things that I love a lot about it is, you know, it does provide that positioning, as you're saying, Jessica, and it's just, you know, you you become more ubiquitous, particularly if you're focused on your niche, your marketplace, you're showing up, people are seeing you. Uh, One of the big things that happens is there's a little bit of guilt by association. You know, I get credit for hanging out with you and you with me and, you know, that point intersection of markets. And some amazing things happen, but I, I want to talk about. You know, I didn't even think about being uh, when I launched a book. We were talking before we turned on the camera. It was in 1994. I, I you know, that was uh, an amazing time. But I had to fly all over the place. I went to radio shows. I went in. I didn't. Yeah, I did a few phone, but most of them required me to show up. Certainly, the TVs. There was no remote uh, uh, broadcasting, so it's a huge, huge labor. Uh, so I did it and, and it was successful, but it just it was too much work. So what I wanted to control the platform. But what I love, what you brought in, what I heard with Paul and I hired you to do right away and even I think I'm pretty well connected um, to go and help me book interviews. And along the way, you've given me some coaching. I want you to share, you know, how, how do they kind of identify who they should be a guest on and then make sure yeah. they're a really good guest.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing, and I'm sure you remember me asking you this, I probably asked you a couple of times because we've worked together for a while now, is just being really clear on what the goal is for being a podcast guest. What area of your business do you want to get exposure for? What do you want to be known for too? So looking at that and then who the target audience is um, to meet those goals. Because what we want to do as interview bookers is place our clients on podcasts where they're going to be speaking to their target audience and where they're going to be interviewed about a topic that is representing them in the way they want to be represented. Um, And so one of the ways that we do that is by creating one sheets for our clients. And on those one sheets, you know, what, how is the bio written? What does the biography of the guest say? And then what topics are the focus of the interview? So you there are probably a lot of different topics somebody is an expert on but you want to choose the topics that are going to tie back to what that person's goal is so for example we had one client who was an expert you know in starting a business but if he's being interviewed all about starting a business and he has no interest in teaching people how to start a business then that's getting in front of wannabe entrepreneurs and startups where he really wanted to be in front of people that you're established business owners so I think that maybe similar with with you, like you want to be in front of people that are established business owners. So being on shows for like newbie entrepreneurs where you have great value for that show to provide, it doesn't tie back to what your goal is. So the constant challenge is making sure that, you know, you're aligned, you know, the audiences are aligning with your goals and vice versa.
0: Well, and, and, and I totally agree. And we did have Mm -hmm. that conversation, Jessica, and it was it was really good. I'm, I'm big. I, I love focus, simple and elegant. And one of the things I love about podcasts is, you know, your ability to focus. I, I had not done a one sheet before. I knew of it, but didn't know it. You got me to do that. And that just really helped us zero in on really both sides of the mic. But I want to stay mm-hmm. on as a guest. How mm-hmm. can they <clears> best prepare to be a guest for a show? And, you know, every, everybody uh, wants to be on you know, the number one show, I was, I was uh, at a mastermind group, Peter Diamandis' yesterday. And, you know, a couple of the guys who do have the number one shows, you know, I, I talked with and I'm going to be a guest on, but I had uh-huh. value now because really of working through this process and so on and could be clear and articulate of our my expertise that, and what I wanted to achieve. But how, how, you know, some of our fellow entrepreneurs, how do they get started in this and be effective? Mm-hmm.
1: So the first thing I want to touch on is that, you know, you just mentioned like you are going to be on some of these really big shows because you went to this mastermind. You're connected. So a lot of people, they would say, I want to start getting interviewed and I want to be on the biggest shows possible. Yeah. And so usually yeah, why don't you I say, just
0: have Tim mm-hmm. Ferriss, you know, give me a call and yeah. be on or Dave Asprey yeah. or, you know, we can go on and on type thing.
1: Yeah. And it's like, there's kind of two strategies because if you go on these really, really big podcasts, like Tim Ferriss, Brendan Burchard, Art of Charm, like these huge shows, there's a different strategy to getting on those podcasts and to being booked on shows where you're, you know, the host is a peer where it is very clearly your target audience. So, um, those personal connections and investing in those hosts specifically is going to help you get on the bigger shows. Like if you go to somebody's mastermind and they have a podcast, they're much more likely to book you as a guest than someone who sends them a cold pitch through email. But you get a lot of value from being on podcasts hosted by people who are your peers, who are other entrepreneurs in your industry, who are kind of at like a similar level in terms of the types of audience, like the types of listeners that they're targeting is going to be the same um, listeners that you're targeting. So a couple things on how to be a really great guest and how to get the most out of it. Having a pre-call is something that some people hate and some people love. (laughs) So... A lot of people that are very experienced podcast guests, they don't take the time to do pre-calls. I'll admit, I don't take the time to do pre-calls because I can, I mean, I've been on enough shows where I can hear like a couple minutes of a show and know how to rock it. But I will say, I have one client, Dave Sanderson, who's a speaker, he gets paid four and five figures to do keynote presentations. He And he gets a lot of his speaking gigs by way of podcast interviews, people that hear him on podcasts. He actually does pre-calls with podcasters who interview them. And what he does in those calls is he actually asks them, who is your target audience? What do you want to get out of this interview? And he learns about who the host is and what their business is, because a lot of the business and the, you know, ROI that you'll get for being a guest is through the relationship with the host. So Dave has actually gotten paid speaking engagements because a listener reached out to the host and said, Hey, can you connect me with that guest? So that is one big tip I can give where, you know, I know it takes more time. A lot of people don't want to do it, but it's working really well for some people, so that's a big tip I have for people that want to get a lot of ROI from their interviews. Is really focus in on making the interview as valuable as it can be for each individual audience, and that takes a little bit of prep.
0: Well, and, and I'm gonna go. I I don't do uh, pre-interviews. I won't do those. And but yeah. um, I, what you gave me was another piece of advice which I do follow, and
1: what
0: it <laughs> is is always listen to at least one podcast because. What you can do, particularly if you get a little bit of experience and you're clear on what you want to achieve, once you listen and you take a look and you understand their business model, their audience, you know, when I first sign on with anybody, I'm asking what's their audience, who's the exact, what do they want to accomplish, that type of thing. It's all about them. And yes. and what I've found is, you know, there's just, you know, the relationship, it's very easy to do. And then oftentimes at the end of the conversation, we've turned off, you know, whether it's a video a podcast or an audio podcast, we turn off the camera and there's a relationship that starts. And, you know, in some cases, mine, I've got a number of you know events that I do. I hire some of the podcast people that you've introduced me to, uh, Jessica, wow. for speeches. But I I'll also, you know, we've had strategic alliances. So it's not only the people that are listening. you know, you know I, This is where, you know, the value of it with your peers, You know, it doesn't have to be the superstar and so on. It's just mm-hmm. really, really good. Now, one of the things I want to dive into, though, Jessica, is people, you know, um, I'm going to give John Lee Dumas, who is a great guy. I bought Mm -hmm. his Paradise. I forgot what it was. And I'm listening to it because I figure, you know, you always go to the top person at the time when I was going to watch a podcast. and, And John's still one of the top. And... He is religious, I think five. I think he's now doing seven podcasts a week. And oh, yeah. I, I had a conversation with him and he's going, John, you want to do this? And I started out, I go, I don't really want to do that, man. I'll go through.
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah. since then, I've really brought, yeah, I have gone two. And then I'm kind of one to two, depending on, it's more what I feel. I'm not as consistent as you know, a lot of people recommend. But I do it when I feel like I've got something really important that I want to share with my uh, you know, my audience and and help fellow entrepreneurs, you know, the the idea of and then John makes money from a whole bunch of different things, everybody gets caught up, particularly in sponsorship. And when I looked at that, it was like, there's no way that makes any sense. But I mean, why, why don't you talk about it from your perspective and, you know, helping so many other entrepreneurs, you know, monetize their podcast?
1: Oh, I love this question. And this is one of those things that has changed over the years. So if you were to ask me a year and a half, two years ago about sponsorships, I would just say, listen, forget about it. Just it's not something that you need to be working on. But I will say now it is case by case. Um, A lot more businesses want to be sponsoring podcasts. They see it as a good advertising opportunity for their business. So Whereas a couple of years ago, you're only going to get a sponsor if you have 10, 20, 30,000 downloads per episode. Now, if you have 200 downloads an episode and you have a very clear target audience, you can get a sponsor and you know not do a CPM model, but have like a flat rate for you know three months at a time. So it's definitely possible to get a sponsor, but you have to have a clear target audience. You need to be really focused on who your audience is. You can't be too general. Um, But really for most business owners, you should focus on marketing your own business on your podcast, really make your podcast something that enhances your brand. So maybe that's actually doing a commercial for your business in the middle of your podcast. That's what I recommend most entrepreneurs do.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, it's, you know, I look at the you know what the amount of money that you would get for a sponsorship for most successful business owners. Um, what you'll find is it's not worth creating that distraction, you know kind of getting off message unless it's a really good strategic partnership you have. You just don't want to do that. I mean, Uh, And, you know, it's a different model if you want to be a full time podcaster and the whole thing. But if you're doing it to create that celebrity, to be a thought leader, whatever position, whether you're in manufacturing, professional services, that type of thing. Now, what I didn't do, which I should have done had I met you, Jessica, one of the things I think would have made it a lot easier for me had I started, you know, as a guest first. I didn't do any Mm -hmm. guests. I I listened to a few podcasts and I go, you know what? I can do that. And... (sighs) Uh, you, know, bought, you know, hired Paul Cogan, listened to John's stuff, and just did it. And I, and I have a, you know, pr- I have multiple companies and a tech team and all, so it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, other than I didn't know what I was doing when I was doing this. I did decide on a format interview, obviously, and but. I went through and I I got all excited and got the, you know, I got to get on the new and noteworthy, which I did. And all. it was some of the stuff was really stupid, but that I did. Um, And and this is one of the reasons I want to bring, you know, people like yourself who are really remarkable entrepreneurs who are guiding other their fellow entrepreneurs to not make those mistakes. And because it is such a valuable tool. But let's say I want to get on the other side of the camera. So I've been a guest now. You know, I'm a thought leader. You know, this is for my peers that are uh, with us today. And you know, you're thinking about doing it. Well, you know, you've had some successful interviews, and you're saying, "Hey, this works. I want to do it." What do they do? And so to make sure they really have success.
1: So, launching a podcast today is different than it was a couple of years ago you know it's interesting that you said you know you did the whole new and noteworthy thing what's happening right now itunes has not updated their new and noteworthy and their what's hot ranking in months so going for if if in your mind you're like i want to launch it and i want to be high on the rankings forget about it because itunes isn't even updating that at the moment so to be successful i mean it really goes back to what do you want to get out of the podcast? Like, is it about growing a huge audience or is it about, you know, really getting qualified leads from your audience? Um, So I think the key is really to focus on the value of the content and creating really compelling content. And Paul Colligan is an excellent example. I love Paul, but sometimes his audio quality is not the best because he focuses so much on the value of his content. He has a really valuable show. But
0: but he has such a deep (laughs) voice, though, too, that he kind of gets away with it here.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So really focusing on the value. So don't go out and buy like the $500 microphone and the mixer and all that stuff if that's going to take away from your time and energy thinking about what kind of podcast, what kind of show, what kind of content is going to be valuable to my audience. So that's really what you have to focus on knowing really who your target audience is. So I can really relate to Paul just to give him as an example. Dave Jackson talked about Paul in his podcast, how for a long time, the podcast report was like really catering towards other podcast geeks like podcast consultants, but as obviously as a client. You're not a podcast geek or consultant. Like, so Paul, I have heard, has kind of changed his podcast a little bit to more attract his target audience. I'm literally doing the same thing. Whereas my podcast, I have a lot of people that listen to my show who are fellow like podcast geeks, but my clients are not other podcast geeks. So that's something to think about. Sometimes you actually have to make the mistake before you figure out the right way to structure the show. So, launching, like, just one tip is to know that you your show might not be very good or you might not hit the mark on the first couple of episodes, but you have to start and test it. With any marketing that you do, you have to test it. You probably fail a couple times. You'll probably waste some money, even though it's not a waste because it's a learning experience. We do the same thing like when you're a guest on podcasts. You might not hit the mark with every show, but you have to go through those shows that aren't the best fit to learn why they're not the best fit and then learn what shows are going to be a better fit. So it's the same with hosting a podcast. If you're going to do interviews, what kinds of guests do you think are going to be a good fit? Figure out how did those shows go? Did they resonate with my audience? If not, change it up. So it's a constant testing and and trying new things to see what's going to stick with your audience.
0: Well, what I like Jessica a lot. I mean, this is, you know, testing. You know, in today's world with technology, the cost has gone down dramatically. Mm-hmm. And podcast is one great tool that we can test pretty effectively. Uh, you know, our marketplace, the response. Now, one of the things I want to be really careful of, and I'm going to relate podcast to webinars. I do in on our marketing about for our financial advisor of two businesses, the financial advisor side Uh, where we have the privilege of coaching some of the top financial advisor really the elite wealth managers around the world and then also um, successful business owners where we're providing them insights of what the super rich do people with over 500 million then matching them up but what what i find is that you know, getting clarity on each of those messages with podcasts, good feedback, particularly one on one because you're you're, the the audience. It's pre-recorded the whole thing. You're not you're not Mm -hmm. a live audience with a webinar. You're getting a lot more statistics, the ability to call to action and so on. Yeah. So much more profitable. And what I've chose to use podcasts for is to kind of leverage the guest interview. So I want to build relationships with different people. I want to share their expertise with my audience. And that positions me, you know, a little bit up on the thought leadership side, Jessica, and, then, mm-hmm. and and that's how I'm using it, and I'm getting a really good rate of return because not only is it kind of, I'm always surprised at an event somebody comes up and says, geez, John, I love that podcast with you know Jessica or mm-hmm. you know someone," <laughs> and and then they said, "You know, I'm involved, I'm doing this with you," and you yeah. know, so on. You, and it's a reinforcement rather than. I can't point that I drove a lot of client business, mm-hmm. but what I can point to is the strategic relationships I've had are great. Yeah. And then I take it one more step, and let me go this one that has really, you know, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. Uh, great interviews. What I do is I have a, a column on the Huffington Post and the Entrepreneur side, and I just I write up, you know, the the ones that are really a good response, and it. And it's and it's again, not getting you know tremendous business out of the Huffington Post. What it does is it's a great value added for the uh, guests that I had on.
1: So a couple of things about that. I've been podcasting over two years, and in my memory, there might be a little bit more. I think I've had three people who became a client because they heard my podcast. three, okay? But I see it as a much bigger client retention tool most of the guests on my podcast are people that are my clients that I work with. That time that we spend together on an interview, it's a stick factor. We're probably going to work together a little bit longer because we got to know each other better. We provided each other value in that way. So I see it podcasting as a bigger retention tool and a relationship building tool rather than this big lead generator.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, you know, so what, you know, as we're talking about this, Jessica, what I want to kind of bring it back to, you know, the, you know, we want to grow our business. I mean, this is the reason why we created AES Nation. You know, all about accelerating your entrepreneurial success, and this is a tool. And, and the best part, if if you enjoy having conversations, I mean, I like the interview format. is the easiest. You can also have you know just a hosted or a co-host one. If you're gonna if you're gonna just use your own co- content, I would do a co-host because it's just really hard for one person unless you've got unbelievable content to really do it systemically. But if you're gonna go the interview side, what was so powerful is the strategic relationships. Uh, you know, the thought leadership. So I'm going to encourage, you know, if you enjoy having conversations instead of just doing it where, you know, Jessica, you and I, I could call you up and we could have a great conversation. You know, we are doing it, but we're just recording it now and kind of brainstorming together, but sharing it with our audience, which helps us both.
1: Yes, absolutely. I got to say being a solo podcaster is definitely really hard i did i do mostly interviews and i got a little bored of interviews so i went to solo and it was about three months before i like ran out of ideas i brought guests back on
0: but well, and i and i do and I, I just stopped i did a one year uh with in the financial industry it wasn't a podcast but it really was it was a 10 minute video that i did each week uh i think it was tuesday when out you know, so this was a real discipline one it was a high higher production. And I got to tell you, it was a lot of work. I mean, you can record. I I would record like, you know, uh, 15, 16 of them at a time. And, you know, it's and and we got a pretty good response. We were able to track these because of some of the marketing automation stuff we did. But it was just, you know, having that. And and we write. I mean, you know, uh, I have a partner, Russ Allen Prince, in a lot of the content. And Russ and I, I mean. Are going to write uh, three books this year, and I'm writing a few myself, you know, research more oriented. And so we have tons of content, and even then, it's hard to talk to yourself all that Yeah, time.
1: Exactly. And it's like the relationships with guests and hosts. Again, like that is where the biggest ROI comes for so many people. So I think listeners are more of a bonus, like an added bonus, because the host and the guest relationship, that's where most like great business comes from.
0: It re- really is. And, and then the, I'm gonna do one last thing that I've found is, you know, I'll have, um, you know, I'll have conversations. Somebody wants to know about something. I'll just shoot them a link of one of my podcasts uh, mm-hmm. because I say, you know, listen, this is the expert. And it's just, you know, it's again, it's a value added and we use it among our companies. Uh, Jessica, one of the things you've done and, you know, you've been prolific on creating content and and you you are doing it yourself and you're helping so many other fellow entrepreneurs like me uh, go out and make a difference. And I want to go to the next segment, which is the book of the day. And <laughs> uh, Jessica, you've written a book. I'm not going to let you talk about anybody else's book but your own. Let me put it up real quick for those of you who are on uh, watching the video it's uh interview connections the, remember the links will always be at uh yeah put it up again because i had the uh uh i only have the pdf because i got an earlier oh, version but you oh can, yeah
1: i gotta get you the hard copy
0: but you people. can get aesnation.com the transcription of what we're talking about and and jessica t- 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 tell us uh you know why? Well, actually, if they don't know why they should get the book now, you know, I mean, it's all about rocking both sides of the mic, which I thought is just a powerful thing that you say. And even if you don't want to do your own podcast, you should be a guest and the book's going to help you. But how is it going to help?
1: So I specifically wrote this book for people like like you and people that listen to his podcast business owners, you've established business, you're most likely doing some form of content marketing, and you want to take it to the next level. This book is not going to like teach you how to submit a podcast to iTunes and set up your RSS feed. I wrote this book to show business owners how to leverage the power of podcast interviews to grow your business, both as a guest on shows and as a host of your own podcast. The power of celebrity, you know, driving traffic to your website and converting that traffic into clients. So is this really a book designed for business owners who want to leverage the power of podcasting? But I understand you're not a podcast geek. You don't want to talk about microphones and mixers, but you do want to figure out what you do need to know to start podcasting, either as a guest or a host, and what you'll read in the book is, I recommend doing both, but um, but it'll show you about both sides of the mic.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I want to say that's more important than the technical. The technical mm-hmm. you can hire for you know exactly. very little money, or you know many of us have companies where we already have that. You know we're doing it with webinars right. or shooting videos or. You know, it's not hard to set up. It's a so Mm -hmm. small a dollar amount. And I wanna encourage everyone to really think about that. Jessica, the next thing I wanna do is talk about resources because you are prolific. You know, what other resources uh, do you have available? I'm thinking, I mean, you know, just the amount of videos uh, you have, it's just, you know, what should they be using of your tools and then how how can they reach out Mm -hmm. to you if they they want to just kind of they're a little bit like me and they go you know and, and i want to point out um i spend a hundred thousand a year on mastermind groups so i'm i'm pretty well connected when you write that much in checks you you're yeah. you're at events i mean i just came back from i mentioned peter diamantes's abundance 360 event you know i've got a bunch i'll be my next call is with my uh assistant we have a daily huddle and she's going to be inviting a bunch of people to you know, be guests on our show and so on. Um, I, I find that so valuable. You know, when some of the people, two that we agreed to do a series of podcasts together on their shows that are real high profile ones. But I still hire you. Now, why do I do that? Well, the reason I hire you is... You bring in the surprise ones that I wouldn't get together. Although it was funny, uh, uh, about a week ago, one of the guys I had done a car event with a dirt track uh, event with, uh, you know, and and we hadn't stayed in touch. And because of that, we're going to do some things together. So, you know, it's just some magic happens no matter which side. But okay, I got off track resources. (laughs)
1: So resources, okay, so as far as free content goes, I do a weekly video, a weekly blog, and a weekly podcast. So regardless of how you prefer to consume your content, I have you covered. Um, So all my content is at JessicaRhodes.biz, JessicaRhodes.biz. I I definitely want you to get the book. InterviewConnectionsBook.com is where you can get the book for free. All you do is pay shipping and handling. And then as far as beyond that, working with us, we get entrepreneurs book for interviews. So we guarantee if we accept you as a client, we guarantee four bookings per month um, and we'll get you on shows that are speaking to your target audience. And then we also help you with the other side of the mic, too. So we work with podcasters to find and book guests for their show. Um, and we also get one sheets done for guest experts who, you know, are going to get on shows. We'll design a custom one sheet. So we have your topic and questions and you're being positioned as that celebrity go-to expert in your niche.
0: Okay. Great. Just want to thank you. I want to, let me do a quick summary. I call it the key takeaways. And to me, this is so important. Um, you know, number one that we talked about, and this is where life is unfair being a celebrity does count, should, and your ability to charge more and position more as a celebrity uh, is huge. And I've got all kinds of statistics on that. We do a lot of research It is in every industry. It's a uh, matter of fact, we just did a study on uh, lawyers and the difference between $300,000 and a million dollars is almost all thought leadership. Financial advisors, very similar too. We're in a noisy world. We've got to stand out. Second, take the time. If you, you know, so I would encourage anybody who hasn't done podcast yet to go ahead and be a guest first. You know, really get clear, as Jessica said, who your audience is. Identify who are the players in that. You probably know them if you're you're doing anything. Get on a few. You'll know, get clear on the messaging. Remember, it's about making them look good first, as Jessica said. The return on investment is the strategic relationships. Yes, there are going to be some clients that come out of it. But I was talking with uh, somebody who was one of the top, top podcast I was uh, talking with their head of marketing and they were really clear they got one great client out of it and this is doing it for 2 years. Now on the other hand they were sure that it would return millions of dollars but it was being ubiquitous and supporting their other marketing messaging that they have. Once you're ready if you enjoy doing it, launch it and make it happen. You know, use resources, you know, think before you start. The host I, I forgot Jessica what's the average You know the where it's hosted not interview i think it's like five podcasts and they die so you know do pick a format that's sustainable don't say you're going to do five times a week when you can't you know as you're monetizing really think monetizing is all about supporting your business as jessica said i mean this is just so powerful don't get caught up you know in all these sideways that you can make money Get your message out there. Remember, we want to make a difference in the world. The way to do it is pick us, you know, whatever slice of the universe you want to really help make a difference. Because free markets work to the extent that you can create value for someone else. You're going to do exceptionally well. Jessica, I I, I want to thank you. This has been so valuable. We encourage everybody to go to uh, AESNation.com. Get the transcript. Go get your book um, and and really just get started. You know, go through each of these steps, get started and make a difference. So continued success. I'll be looking forward to uh, hearing how the book does phenomenally well. All the best. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much.
0: Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.